there's one category recently that we feel like has been making waves. Ha, 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 ha. Um, which is <laughs> I get it. It's very funny, Victoria. <laughs> We are back. Welcome back to the Chemist Confessions Podcast. I'm Gloria. I'm Victoria. And this is a human conversations on all the skincare science we talk about. Uh, this is episode 21. And today, what are we talking about, Gloria? This is a decode episode, mm. uh, a very special one. We kind of went in circles a little bit, mm. but we found a product, a device in particular on the market. We're like, you know what? We've done a lot of decodes. It's time for us to kind of just walk through a really de- uh, a really difficult one with everyone to yeah. work that muscle. Yeah, for sure. But first, how about a brand update? Um, starting with our Skincare Decoded book, which last time you guys might have heard us talk about our rant of mm-hmm. a counterfeit book that was out there. But we're actually entering the next phase of Skincare Decoded, which is really exciting. But also, I think you guys heard us lamenting about the writer's journey and Somehow we've forgotten the pain and we're going back. Uh, I heard someone, this is a while ago, people, <laughs> there's a thing where people say that women forget pain very easily. Mm-hmm. That's how they convince your mother to have a second and third. <laughs> um, I feel like it's very accurate because yep. we are working on a second gen of the book. Yeah, so uh, the core content of it will generally be the same, but it's definitely time for an update. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some added content we've been wanting to put in so yeah look for i guess a kind of dear diary update as these podcasts keep going on us adding a couple new chapters in that journey yeah it won't come out anytime soon because you know it's not easy to upgrade perfection i'm just kidding <laughs> but it will take some time for us to put the frills on it in the meantime if you if there's something that you're like you have to put in the next oh my one, gosh yes let us know we Please might have time know. to consider it you know everyone laughed at the word perfection because if they read it they definitely found a couple typos we got we have so i okay <laughs> the worst about this rewrite is having to reread it oh because after the book launch i have not like after the book launch and the first ki- typo i caught i was like i'm never reading this yep. ever again it's yep. so painful and also you know we always i think you know the pain of listening to your own voice mm-hmm. Nothing is worse than the pain of rereading the thing you wrote and like wanting to just light everything on fire. So for me, the ones that really got me were some of our jokes. Yeah. And I just remember I'm like, on the third read, it's not as funny it's as I want it to funny. be. It's just not funny. We're so yucky. <laughs> we're eek. Yeah, eek. <laughs> Anyways, so that's one update. The next thing is we are definitely working on a hatchery. Yes. Um, that is coming in the next couple of months actually it, as i'm recording this podcast it is august 3rd mm. by the time this episode comes out we should be looking at kicking off our first hatchery of the year in a few weeks <laughs> right victoria <laughs> yes yes we are um, our formula is it's pretty close and i think that's why we, we feel pretty good about sharing it and also because you know with our new hatchery sign up we definitely want our podcast listeners to definitely if you are based in the states you want to sample some of these new formulas we're trying um please definitely sign up head to the website and we keep calling it the hatchery but it's called dc chemist crew um you're going to be looking for our incubator page <laughs> hatcheries are old school name. right <laughs> we're keep, so good at this we're so good at naming <laughs> yeah so those are the two main Wait, updates mm-hmm. um otherwise uh please use our promo code podcast ship 
to get free shipping on your order. This code is stackable with any discounts we may be running at the time. We're not currently running anything right now, but should you be curious? But yeah, so stay tuned. Definitely sign up for our email list to stay on top of all of that. But otherwise, let's get into the news. In the news, what's going on, Victoria? It's a slow, it's a slow news cycle. I feel like that's how it always is during summer. Yes. After the, after early summer where mm-hmm. you get all the whole like, you know, sunscreen cancer news, it's time for this lull before yes. like when, uh, fall and yeah. then holiday season. I feel like everybody's just chilling. Yeah. They're just waiting. Yep. And they're just like, I'm going to take as much time as I can before everyone's back to school again. So we're just going to hang out. But yeah, so slow news cycle. There's not a lot going on, but. Last time we talked about Sephora's uplifting news and their recycling program. Yes. Uh, Sephora's in the news again. They have basically announced a music collective called Sephora Sound. What? Yes. And this is supposed to spotlight um, basically 55 emerging diverse musical voices. Wait, like actual music? Actual music. Okay, got it. Sephora Sounds. Okay. Um, so this will include an array of engaging and authentic soundtracks that make up the sound of Sephora. I, you know, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That, so the whole point is that it's going to be a diverse um, mm-hmm. group of sounds with a diverse range of artists from all different ethnic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You have Kim, Ellie Kim, a.k.a. Supernova with a K, <laughs> Korean-American transgender musician mm-hmm. and Nigerian-American pop singer and songwriter Precious, so on and so forth. There's a long list. I think that's great, but I just don't really expect Sephora to be the one to take this type of initiative. <laughs> I guess maybe they got tired of paying the licensing fees for Probably. some of these soundtracks and they're like, that's it. Let's just create our own collective of music. Um, that's basically what we're about and use it in all of our content. Kind of like, you know, how TikTok promotes new artists. I guess so. Interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. I haven't. So wait, do they find them on Spotify? Um, so, good question. They said that within one month of an artist soundtrack being leveraged in a Sephora campaign, Spotify listenership has increased to up to 30,000 listens. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's not insignificant. Yeah. Good for Sephora. Yeah. So kind of a cool gig that you probably didn't think your beauty retailer would ever venture into. Yeah. So that's one piece of news. Second, this is also another kind of like interesting collab. Uh, Microsoft, <laughs> their Teams app has teamed up, literally teamed up with Maybelline <laughs> to create the Maybelline Beauty app, which I guess is a filter for, they're going to, I think, showcase, I forget how many filters, 12 unique looks <laughs> that you can choose from to basically make you uh, Teams ready for your meeting. So you don't literally have to. When I first heard this, I'm like, this is the most uncool news ever. <laughs> So you can get corporate ready with yeah. corporate America yes. on Teams and Maybelline. Yes. And um, having a brother that works for Microsoft and seeing how he used Teams, I can guarantee they will not be using this filter. So it's no literally turns their camera on. It's literally filters, but professional. That's what I assume. I haven't actually seen the looks. I We don't use Teams. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't yeah. think anyone gets out of corporate America to say, you know what, I miss Microsoft Teams. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if you are using Teams for your work and you happen to check out the filter, let us know how it goes. Does it save you time in the morning? I think about that. Was it a court case or maybe it was like a news segment where some professor or lawyer, someone like 
in a more very professional setting came on and then accidentally turned on the cat filter. Yes, he's a lawyer, an <laughs> <Yeah>. old lawyer. Because <laughs> I turned it off. And he was like, what was he saying? He's like, Judge, I would like to let you know that I'm not actually a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just pictured that, but less funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then finally, um, one article I had to share and Gloria is going to love is this article that came across that says 17 best moisturizers for oily skin that will nourish without clogging the pores. And I thought this title was just so wild. (laughs) (laughs) Uh How can you guarantee not to clog pores? I don't understand. Anyways, I I think that is something that um, we would love to say, right? Anyone would love to say, hey, like this uh, ingredients or this formula will 100% not clog anyone's pores yeah. but that's just not how it works skin is too diverse for that yeah and i wanted to share with gloria the list of products mm-hmm. um it spans anything from kiel's ultra facial oil free gel cream to Laneige's water bank did they get a re- rebrand by the way that's a very different look yes uh-huh, it is uh-huh. they did um dr sam's flawless moisturizer neutrogena's hydro boost you've got Polish toys, clear, oil-free. A lot of these say like oil-free or oil control. Oh, Victoria's favorite claim. Mm, Okay. Mm. And then um, you have even like Bioma's moisturizing gel cream. And then I even think they have drunk elephants. I saw like the protein-y polypeptide cream. And just looking at all of these products, it's like they're actually all quite different. Right. Um, Some of these are silicone suspension, like basically like silicone gel creams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... um, some of these are just traditional lotions with like kind of a lower amount of oil. A lot of these, the sh- the, when they say like oil free, it's they still have a little bit of actual oil. It just doesn't have the oil in eating. The word oil. Yeah. So I think that's why I kind of want to talk about it. It's just like sometimes I just don't find these guys very helpful. Um, the general theme, if you were to take anything away is you want a lighter gel cream texture and that's really it like which wow groundbreaking never thought of that before if you something less heavy yeah exactly so that's why i was like oh yeah that's not very helpful yeah and for those of you who's wondering on the market for something that won't clog your pores sadly it's not a very straightforward mm. decode your inky or find a certain type of product and you're in the clear yeah uh, generally speaking you if you're very prone to having clogged pores it's still good to just patch test mm-hmm. also your cleansing routine is very important because a lot of times what happens is it's not actually the products you're putting on it's what you're leaving behind on your face before these products go on yeah so you know i'm sure many of you guys oily skin veterans know it takes a family to nurture and you know to kind of manage oily skin um so i think while yes um, it is important to find the right moisturizer just like some of these guides and some of these claims it's just can only lead to confusion yeah that's and continuing victoria's constant rant about oil free and oil control and blah 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 anyway oh actually i i, <laughs> I also have a beef with the word oil control mm. not that i would really i have dry skin so it's not like i would really gravitate towards sure. those things but usually when you see the word matte or oil mm. control that implies that there's a butt ton of powders in there butt ton yes <laughs> an official unit of the skincare chemist world is a butt ton of powders uh, and it is so drying and yeah. I, and honestly the few times i've tried those textures to me what really boggles my mind is how that texture develops throughout the day yes. to us absorbs that powder it's like yes. kind of nasty exactly and also because like your skin's when you're dealing with excess oil is trying to regulate 
And the idea of constantly putting on something that's absorbing all of that to excess, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the greatest. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's kind of sometimes, sometimes when I think about these like matte formulas, I almost think of them as like makeup rather than actual moisturizers. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I could go on this for hours. I'm moving on. All right, that's it for the news. All right, thank you for, thank you for tuning in about the news. (laughs) Yeah, so we're actually going to get right into the decode now strictly because this one particular product has a lot of different aspects we could look at and i think it could be fun for everyone um so probably the most confusing arena that gloria and i don't talk about a lot is see us sidestepping and doing a ninja dodge on the topic this whole time let's let's wait a bit hey hey chemist uh how do devices work (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's devices so you know it's just because the device landscape is wild. You could find one device for forty dollars and this another device in that the, looks same exactly the same for five hundred. Yeah. And there's one category recently that we feel like has been making waves. Oh, 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 oh. Um, which is <laughs> I get it. It's very right funny, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, no. oh god, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so red light therapy mm-hmm. um there's like solo wave mm-hmm. um and there's a lot you can find on amazon, amazon yeah there's one that gloria stumbled upon called cure q-u-r-e mm-hmm. and we think it's actually a really good example of why it's so confusing and how we would have to almost like become sleuths mm-hmm. like full-on Sher- sherlock holmes to really understand like what's going on um, um yeah. yeah and for those of you who are not familiar with the brand it's a classic it's a mask thing mm-hmm. it's one of those very cyborg looking masks. in that category there's a lot of ones you can choose from i think we briefly talked about the there's um there's one that dr dennis gross does mm-hmm. i think one of the big brands like olay or someone has one mm-hmm. and um there was that british brand that sells one for like two grand or something like that the wild i need to fish that one out again that one was like wow no but <laughs> There's a lot, there are a lot of options on the market. Yeah. So when Cure popped up, um, it's getting very competitive and we decided mm-hmm. to take a closer look at it and to see why, um, why it's popular. Is it different? Is it better than the other options you might have? Yeah. So this is us like, basically we took this approach as if, okay, if we were going to be consumers and really try to figure out, and we should also say this product original pricing is around $500 mm-hmm. and then they're having a $200 discount so you're on like $329. Biggest sale of the year. Yeah. Jump on so it. <laughs> it's not the cheapest device. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to basically go through it as if we were going to shop for this product. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately the goal is for you guys to decide like, is it worth it? Like, how would you, you know, hopefully that we can paint a very objective picture for you guys to understand, like, this is how we see it. Mm-hmm. Would you purchase or not? You mm-hmm. know? So first things first, strangely enough, the five-star review. Yeah, and that's usually where I would think most people turn to this first, is to just like glance over quickly at the reviews. They may or may not mean a lot to you, depending on the type of shopper you are. But this really caught our eyes, because I'm usually someone, if I'm shopping on Amazon, the stars, to me, is like a yellow light, Mm. right? If it's below a certain star number, then I don't consider it. Mm. And if it's above... It doesn't make me buy it, but maybe go, okay, I can read about it a little bit more. But what color eyes here is the review numbers is already getting confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you head to their homepage, you'll see five stars. And then it just says underneath like plus 20,745 customers feel more comfortable in their own skin. And 
if you were to just glance it like glazed over you'd be like oh wow that's a reviews. lot of reviews yeah but you realize you're like wait that's really weird lingo what happened and then you actually click into the product page and you find that they have 4.7 stars that's correct so great yeah based on 250 reviews that's so a- i found that really <laughs> so you're saying you're expecting 20,000 reviews and then you walk in and there's 250. Yeah, I, I don't really, 250 actual reviews. I'm thinking they maybe mean like 20,000 of these customers have tested it and this oh. is their, I don't know how they got that metric. We're not really sure. I still feel I like they shortened for them. Yeah, just like, hmm. <laughs> you're just falling short of the 20K by a little bit. Yeah, just a little. So that was kind of odd. Um, the second thing is, of course, BNAs. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to say that it's a mix. I think I generally have mixed feelings. We'll show you three of these. Um, and for our listeners, we'll say these are definitely not professional BNAs. Some of them, um, it almost seems like uh, different lighting, uh, different background, as well as different. Some might have makeup while others don't. And then there is a couple like side profiles where it's very apparent that it looks like there is some reduction of redness, maybe reduction of the lesion. But these are, you know, not necessarily professional. And I think for Gloria and I, we almost feel like it's like, uh, yes, BNAs. Like, I don't know. I feel like before after pictures for a long time, it's like it's a sexy thing to have. Yes. Right. Because immediately tells a very compelling story. Yes. And what they did here that I find really interesting is they have a they have a main a core trio of before and after pictures that they highlighted. Mm-hmm. And and uh, what I think is kind of nifty is they have one that's after one treatment, mm-hmm. one after four weeks, yeah, one after that's true. eight weeks. That's true. But of three different people. So three I think different skin types and what seems like concerns. Right? And ages. Right. Yeah. So it feels like they're trying to catch them all a little bit. Yeah. So the first picture, you'll see a clear reduction in acne. And then the second one, the four week one. You see, it's so different. I don't even know what conclusion you can draw because the first one had these um, in the initial picture. It almost feels like skin went through some damage. Yeah. And it doesn't look like, at least from what I can see from the picture, to me, it barely looks like acne. It almost looks like wounds, like yeah. a post-treatment type of yeah. level. So that one, like, I don't know what the takeaway is because she healed in mm-hmm. the four weeks. But Really, I feel like if skin is wounded, four weeks is a reasonable healing time in general. Mm-hmm. And the last one, the eight-week one to me is the most <laughs> most bold one because yeah. it's very clearly marking for anti-aging, right? Mm-hmm. Skin looks tighter. It's very clear that her crow's feet are a lot less obvious and she looks happy. <laughs> but then between these two images, the lighting is so different and yes. it looks like... She what? almost looks like she found amazing foundation as well. Yeah. So it's like really hard for me to tell. Yeah. And I was going to say that it looks like she took a picture with her iPhone at the eight week point. But then the first picture, she couldn't find her iPhone, had to take a picture on her Motorola. <laughs> so it's just, I think they're, they have that initial shock factor, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, wow, it works so it well. It does something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you take a closer look and you're like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm a little confused. <laughs> yeah. So... B- they have BNAs, is it? So that's kind of the next realm. And I think for Gloria and I, we're like, okay, let's keep looking. Yeah. I think is our general feel here. Mm-hmm. And now with the way, man, I, I really hate that we said this is like, you know, BNAs are almost worth more than, you know, actual any sort of clinical testing. Mm-hmm. It just feels like every brand has BNAs and the BNA quality is like all over the place. So it's kind of like almost like, okay, it has BNAs, let's move on kind mm-hmm. of thing. So the next realm is clinical sounding consumer perception results. Um, so if you start looking into their results, 
you'll see stat like 87% smoother facial wrinkles and fine lines. I'm like, mm-hmm. interesting. That's a clinical, that's actually like an instrumental stat is mm-hmm. what I thought. But then if you actually click into the details and the fine lines, it says in a clinical trial, eight out of 10 subjects reported mm-hmm. a significant reduction in paraorbital wrinkles. So it's actually a consumer perception. I was like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had me at the first time. <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. So, you know, I, I think I was like, oh man, that's kind of annoying. It's like you did a consumer perception, but the lingo is kind of misleading. Actually, this is really confusing all around. Yeah. Because the second claim that they called out is 91% improved skin tone and enhanced smoothness. Yeah. But then in a clinical trial, 10 out of 10 subjects experienced improve skin complexion and collagen density how does one experience improve collagen density and then i got confused because it's 10 out of 10 no, exactly. and then it's like 91 percent. i'm so, like what is happening here yeah so is it a clinical and a consumer perception mm-hmm. so we'll get into that but yes they, they did do both and uh-huh. that's where i'm like oh my god these numbers are so confusing and mm-hmm. i wouldn't even know what to take away from it so it's just the way that it's laid out it's just like ah confusion so we'll move on. They, I, we should also say they have a third stat that says 83% reduction of acne breakouts. And then in a clinical trial, 9 out of 10 subjects said they saw a reduction in skin acne after two weeks. So I, again, I don't really know. If you were to dive even deeper, I, this is where it just, I started getting lost because mm. they talk about how they say treatment of the paraorbital region was reported more effective than the nasolabial region. At a 12-week follow-up, of subjects reported improved skin tone and 82% reported enhanced smoothness of skin in the treatment area. This is the additional kind of like asterisk data Mm -hmm. that they include. So I think it's a consumer perception. I see. So, and I don't know where this 10 out of 10, I, I, it almost, I, I'm guessing is an added stat maybe. Or do they just like, they have, I, so even based on this, this lingo, I'm not a hundred percent sure how many people were in the study. Because 10 out of 10 sounds like 10 people took the study. Yeah. But then you're not going to get a number like 91% with 10 <laughs> people. So did they just squash the number? And Ugh, this is where I'm like, Sherlock Holmes, why do we, why is this so crazy? Squint, <laughs> squint so hard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, yep. So that's the kind of data that we're working with. Ah, let me, let me clear the air. We're moving on because there's actually one more piece that they provide and it's an actual publication. Which we'll say is very exciting because you don't see that with pretty much any devices out there yes home devices. exactly so the last piece and thankfully they have this is they actually did a they actually published a paper on this technology and it's actually quite in depth um they actually did this back in 2009 so it's been a while oh wow yes okay yes and so they looked at they basically ran a clinical they actually did some in vitro work as well mm-hmm and in that clinical, it was a 12-week study mm-hmm. where they actually looked at anything from wrinkles, surface rough, and surface roughness seems to be the, the main two aspects of this. And through that, a lot of the, I think this is where they're pulling their numbers. Um, they actually said 87% experienced a reduction in mm-hmm. the Fitzpatrick wrinkling severity score mm-hmm. via a blinded clinical assessment. Okay. So not consumer perception. So like an no. expert gra- grader. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. And they actually share the frequency of use. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they use. Oh, I think it's like four times a week. Yeah. So they used it four times a week for twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. They actually share the uh, wavelength of the LED tech that they use, and 
ultimately, I think after and on top of that, they actually looked at they did an expert grading mm-hmm. on top of instrumental analysis. So it's actually quite an pretty intense, paper. intense test. Yes. And I think the general conclusion is that while they tout like the 87 percent, the 90 percent of participants showed they I think they said 90 percent of partic- participants showed a reduction in the rigid depth and surface roughness. Mm-hmm. This is all looking at just like the majority of subjects, but not the actual significance of what am I trying to say? Like the actual improvement score. Mm-hmm. They don't share that and they don't say that it was actually significant. Oh, like a degree of improvement. Yes. And yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. that makes sense. Uh-huh. So I think that's the one thing to know is that like while a majority of their subjects saw this, the degree is still kind of like not, it wasn't significant, sadly. And I think that's actually the state of device, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I will say that we went through this product in depth and you might think that we're being very critical of mm-hmm. it. We're just trying to, what we're trying to do is highlight some of the thought process that you should maybe have and that level of skepticism. And it's not about crapping on this product because this is actually an impressive amount yeah. of data for yes. devices right now. For home use devices, mm-hmm. this is probably one of the best, the most complete set of data we have seen. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, in a way we led you down this rabbit hole and kind of to share, you know, how much like marketing flair goes into mm-hmm like a category like devices but ultimately to share with you that this is actually the best case scenario that you will ever get for a device Mm -hmm. and the fact that they went to this great length we would say this is really good yeah and i think it's not so much about the product it's more about our expectations of what the product will actually do no one's gonna go down this level of research we don't right. expect every consumer to be able to just like sit there and analytically like go through everything and and read the papers and everything i think it's just more like hopefully we are able to paint you a realistic picture of general marketing and then also know like what we value and don't really value as much yeah you know and i will say like i i have this like really mixed feeling about like um before after pictures yeah because on marketing side it's very powerful right because if you have if you can relate to the skin concern that you see, it's like an instant trigger. Yeah. You might not even feel the need to read the research um, mm-hmm. to be convinced. But I still think that the important thing to keep in mind is that I, I think ultimately, especially for newer categories of ingredients and devices, having a clinical means more, right? Because yes. if one out of 10 people saw that improvement and they post that, post yeah. that picture up, that is really going to throw off your expectations. Yes. And that's why we still like to take a more zoomed in look at the claims, which can get so confusing. Yes, but exactly. Hey. As you can tell as we go through it. So hopefully that gives you a really good example of how to like approach this category and why, you know, at the end of the day, I was thinking about, you know, the conclusion of this whole exercise, right? This is really, like we said, the best case scenario, mm-hmm. just like you said, you know, do we expect to get maybe the results of these BNAs that we saw? Probably not. Do we think it'll do something? Probably yes. Yeah. You know, and in the realm of from what we've seen in in terms of wrinkle, general skin tone, and surface topography. And the reason why we feel this way and why this price could be justified is because if you look at the competitor landscape, there we would say this is the best scenario. Mm-hmm. Solar Wave, which is another one that is super trendy right now. Yep only provides a consumer perception. Mm-hmm. 
And then I looked at Amazon and that is absolutely the worst where you'll just find these like very sketch, <laughs> weird looking before and afters that are definitely Photoshopped. A thousand sure percent. This woman, they, I think they just went in and erased all her wrink wrinkles and gave her a different skin tone. There has to be a psychology case <laughs> out there where people, because no one, no one look at this and go, wow, that's really believable, dog. <laughs> like you didn't Photoshop this. Yeah. But they still do stuff like this because I guess it must work on yeah. some level, right? Yeah. So. You know, and, and and then I was thinking about, well, okay, red light therapy is also given in office. So would this device mm -hmm. stand up to an in-office procedure? I had some existential thoughts I was going to discuss with Gloria. Uh -huh. The first Hit thing me. is that, so I looked into it and typically they recommend coming back between four to six times. Mm -hmm. But the cost of it can be anywhere between like $100 to $300. Per visit. Per visit. Mm -hmm. Then I was thinking, I was like, okay. If you're going to spend that much for an in-office procedure, would you actually spend it on red light therapy compared to the other stuff they offer? And so then I that, started that's, spinning. That's a good point. Right. Uh -huh. And so I'm like, I could see why in terms of this realm, mm -hmm. red light therapy an in -off, or an at-home device might be more entertaining than actually going in office. I'm sold. I'm convinced. <laughs> I like that argument because you're right. Because if I'm going off it for something, yeah. it better be something more like heavy duty. Yeah, I'm right? like expecting some dress. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting Botox. I'm getting micro needled. I'm yeah. going for those like really in-depth lasers Invasive. that's going to hurt you. <laughs> but it's going to hurt so good after a few weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was thinking about that. I mean, I did look at, you know, the difference. You know, it, it, it they do say that in office, um, the devices are more they, powerful. More powerful. Mm -hmm. They penetrate. A lot of them are now these like full on red light therapy beds that you lay in. So it's like full body. Oh, I red light my butt. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there is that. But when I think about, I don't know, all the other in-office procedures you could get, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, actually cost is on par with the other yeah. stuff too. It's yeah. like not that much more right. less. Exactly. So oh, if the device is like two treatments max, like it's not, not bad. I also think that I, I've never, I've never tried a full on red light mask before, partially because like the way that the way it looks and everything else, I just don't believe will fit my face very well. Mm. Then you look extra ridiculous and it's not <laughs> a pleasant experience. Mm. But I do kind of love the concept of like the mask I saw on, do not talk to me. This is me time. <laughs> That's, That's sending, sending Chris aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally, this is a good way to be at, oh, and then argument with your husband. Sorry, can't hear you. Mask is on. Lori's going to do that while we work in the office together. <laughs> Sorry, Victoria. Yeah, not stop asking me for crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, that's my, that's, I feel like our general feels about this whole realm. And like, if we were just to think about it in the most, I don't know, umbrella and general holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's it for Decode That Claim. Yeah, let us know if this is helpful. Let us know if you are a, uh, if you're really, oh, well, I can't talk today. <laughs> let us know if you tried these red light devices. Let us know how it went for you. Mm. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Time for some Q&As. All right, let's do it. So first question we've gotten a few times is about a new sunscreen that came out. The sunscreen is called Pavis. Uh. Uh, they just simply asked, what do you think of Pavisa's universal mineral sunscreen? And uh, we took a look. And uh, Pavis is not cheap. <laughs> Holy cow. Pavis is $148 mm -hmm. for 30 mils. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be honest. We do not want to spend our own money on this. So we haven't <laughs> felt the texture. Yes. Can't really comment on how it actually yes. applies. 
But for sunscreen, they seem to be making all the right claims that you might want to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, so mainly it's that their um, zinc oxide that they use, mm-hmm. it's a encapsulated version. And the thing is, well, encapsulation is not new in mm-hmm. this. There's a lot of like surface coated technology. There's a lot of nano, all of that. Um, they, you know, basically tout that, you know, it's because of the way it's encapsulated, it I think the main takeaway is that it's really universal for all skin tones. Mm -hmm. And from what we've seen and the way it's applied, that may be true. Other than that, they they have other aspects where they talk about like their photo aging defense cocktail and Mm -hmm. whatnot. They include, we will include the ingredient list here. But they include things like Bisabolo, Astaxanthin. Got it. We don't got that. <laughs> I think I saw tranexamic acid at the very bottom. They have licorice root extract. So in those aspects, we would say not that interesting. Um, oh, they have silymarin. And yes, they have silymarin. reliable has silymarin too. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Hi. Got a bunch of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So all in all, I think. What people want to know, because people are the one of the things they tell is that this is the only skincare product yeah, you need to like use, like a one and done. Mm-hmm. From that angle, as a dry skin person, I'm gonna respectfully disagree. <laughs> also, because she sees all the powder. In there. Yeah, so many powders. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, with objectively not trying it, the mm-hmm. price point makes it so hard to want to use this, especially if you're using this every day at the proper sunscreen amount. However, if you are looking for a mineral, this price point does not phase you and you have been struggling really hard, you know, um, with the white cast, which is a big problem in this category. I could see a niche for it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really all we have to say. I want to add that because Pavis is on this advertising world right now, after we talked about it, my phone mm. very kindly listened in our, our conversation and started serving me a ton of ads. Oh. One of the ads I saw was a lady that tested a pavise with a UV light camera, kind of mm. like the one that we use in our sunscreen test. And what she's saying, and what pavise is trying to say without saying on their website because it's not kosher, is it totally lasts all day without reapplication. So oh. you might see ads like that. So this lady applied it and then she claims maybe oh no yeah maybe maybe she's got a point in that people don't enjoy reapplying but she is saying that oh you know like let's test out the pavis let me go out all day it's been eight hours look and then she applied a fresh patch on her hand and then in the camera showed that it's still dark so yeah it held up wait it showed up dark yeah, like it's, yeah, it showed Even up dark. Even a mineral? Yeah, so that's a lot of like, I don't know what's happening in the ad thing. <clears throat> so anyway. From- oh my God, well, I wish I did not know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I literally just got served this ad late last night and I saw it also. Wild. <laughs> mm, so, so, uh-huh. so you won't see that on the official police website because it's not a very appropriate claim but you might be served an ad that says these things that you want to hear just know that that's not something you can claim you should be able to claim and yeah sometimes sunscreen internally they test it and make sure they last over two hours but mostly to make sure that they at least last the two hours it's not necessarily it's not tested to last eight full hours so to me that was the part where i'm like okay listen here i get it 150 is a lot for sunscreen and you probably like once people start reapplying and realize it barely lasts them like two and a half weeks, then they're not going to want to repurchase. So you want to make sure they last longer, whatever. 
But just know that if you see that claim, it's not quite right. Also, as people who use the device to showcase yeah. how things apply and be yeah. aware, we can definitely tell you that that device is not a good way of knowing if your sunscreen is actually working for mm -hmm. that entirety, you know, like two hours, eight hours, like it really just shows that film, but you're not, you know, in terms of the quality of like, and how much protection you're getting, like th that device itself only actually captures a very specific um, spectrum yeah. of wavelength. Mm -hmm. So to, to make that claim is like just not a little while. Yeah. yeah. It's not here or there. Every device is calibrated slightly different. So that's also a very dangerous claim to make, especially if you're using this and you're like, oh, great, I don't have to reapply at all. Like, yeah. no, don't do that, please. Yeah, so let us know if you have used it yeah. and how you feel about it. Um, the same thing applied to SPF level is measured based on weight of product. Yes. So you might be tempted to use just a little bit of it because it's so expensive, but yeah. that's part of the issues <laughs> we have with a really expensive sunscreen is you might not want to apply all that much. Yeah. So if you've tried Pavis, please let us know what you think. Um, I think the aspect of it being universal is definitely a promising thing, especially for minerals because it is just that painful. But holy cow, that's quite a price point. All right. This was a question we actually got through some of our press friends. And I thought it'd be great to kind of bring up um, mm -hmm. this question asked, how do you feel about the rising trend on social media of people claiming skincare is a scam? That's so... Okay. I love this, like, black and white, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, some skincares are scammy. <laughs> that is true. We yeah. literally just showed you a heavily Photoshop Amazon claim picture. <laughs> that is yeah. indeed a scam. Yeah. Um, I want to argue that, well, first of all, depends on your... This sounds really skeezy, but I think there's some truth in how do you define a scam, right? Mm. So you, I think once upon a time, I made fun of the, those sticks you see, those yes. ads that erase your pores. Yes. I don't think any consumers buying it, expecting it to work like that, right? I hope not. I, I would think not. Everyone knows that that's a hoax, right? But you still, but a lot of people still buy it. Why? Because if it falls short somewhere in that 30% of your expectation, eh, not good enough. Or the price point is mm. not offensive. It's like, okay, it's $15, worst case scenario, it doesn't work. So I would argue that's like kind of a well, like there's willing participants in that, right? Yes. Like, is it a good thing? Uh, no, but at the same time, like, that's kind of just how it is. And I think that's also like, it, it sucks because it's like, <laughs> is this a weird statement to make? Like, skincare, like, like you said, the degree of scam also plays into like skincare being fun yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that it's a scam. It's just like, sometimes it's just something you want to do for yourself. It's mm. emotional. It's, I don't know. And I just feel like there's, there is a realm for that kind of skincare that can tend to fall into the scammy territory yeah but if you're let's say a sheet mask in like plant juice like mm -hmm. how much are you expecting this product to perform for you or is it just this is my me time and yeah. for my mental health and mm -hmm. emotion i am doing this you know so i just i don't know it's like yeah i guess we you could get very existential about it for sure and i think um this is actually one of the reasons why we decode that claim, right? Because yeah. ultimately it comes down to expectation, yeah. right? Most of the times claims can be a little bit exaggerated, mm. a little bit. They dial up the sexometer on it and... It's a competitive space. Yeah. They, and, get, they get ballsy. Yeah, they put out <laughs> before and afters that suggest that they can erase like years of age. And if you go, if you buy this product expecting it to perform just like that, you might feel like it's scammy, mm -hmm. right? So... Yeah, kind of. So that's why we do it. So everyone goes into it 
with the right mindset. So you feel you feel less discrepancy between what you're expecting, what you pay for it, and what you get at the end. Yeah. And I think just to tack on, you know, I I it's kind of and, and this is going off tangent, is like it's kind of like the whole clean beauty fear mongering. It's mm-hmm. like I want people to know that generally a good brand is trying to do the right thing. And as chemists, we can tell you we're trying to do the right thing and like, you know, um creating products with and I guess creating products with more and more evidence behind it. Mm-hmm. I I feel like Gloria and I do see that from the industry insider perspective of like kind of the ingredient sourcing, some of these, fun, you know, all of this um, work that's being done behind the scenes. They are trying to provide more and more evidence to justify performance and how things are improving because, mm-hmm. and we do see that demand being asked by brands and that kind of like information, I would say for the most part is expanding. Yeah. So there is that one, I guess, uplifting piece of news I feel like I would want people to know. Yes. And it is amongst a sea of brands that do nothing as well. There are there are players like that as well. And yeah, I think that's why Gloria and I continue to do this kind of content so that you can be able to sniff out kind of the differences. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So other than that, um, I bet this person was expecting a yes or no <laughs> response or a very short, like, we feel good about it or, oh, no, we don't feel good about it at the end. And we're all, like, philosophical. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> we're not putting this in. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about managing expectations. That's the theme of this episode. Uh, otherwise, that is it. We're going to end on that note for this episode. We really hope this exercise was helpful for you guys. Um, hopefully, if anything, it makes you feel comforted that we too feel confusion and mm-hmm. you might find that you're thinking along the same lines as we are in terms of our thought process and purchasing mm-hmm. and good job, you know? So yeah, otherwise, if you have more questions about claims you come across, where can they find us, Gloria? You can find us on our very, very nice new website, <laughs> chemistconfessions.com. You can write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. DM us on Instagram at chemist.confessions. And we will see you next week. Woo-hoo. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Bye.